Hey, 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 how's everyone doing? It's T-Rob here with the Biz Pulse, coming at you another night here, uh, talking all things business. Uh, I've got a great guest tonight, Ryan McKinney, uh, is a certified business coach, uh, consultant, um, 20 years of leadership in you know financial services, sales, manufacturing, operations. The guy has a ton of knowledge. Uh, and we're going to talk entrepreneurship, uh, mindset, um, and just what's required to be successful as an entrepreneur, because that is a really hard thing to do. Uh, a lot of people think, hey, let's start a business. Well, they don't understand the mindset you have to have to be successful. So uh, I'll quit talking. I'm going to go ahead and bring Ryan in. Hey, Ryan, welcome. Going great, man. Thank you for joining me. Yeah, I love it. This is awesome. I'm uh, glad to be here. Yeah, so, I mean, I did a brief intro, but I'd love to hear, you know, who's Ryan and, and what does Ryan do? Yeah, so my name is Ryan McKinney. Hi, everybody. I'm a life leadership and performance coach, and I work with managers, directors, business owners, entrepreneurs, and I help them to make sure that they are being successful, uh, not only in their work life, but also in their home life. And that takes a massive amount of energy. So that's what we're going to talk about a lot tonight will be about energy and motivation and mindset around uh, entrepreneurship and business ownership. Tonight. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm excited about tonight because, you know, I always like to learn as well. So um, so how did you get into the coaching side of things? So that is actually a um, I'll, I'll do my best to give you the short ish version. <laughs> OK, uh, but uh, so, I, you know, I think I heard you mention, you know, how long I'd been in business. But before I worked in corporate for 20 years, I owned a couple of businesses, uh, sold them and decided I wanted to uh, let somebody else do all the work, the back end office work for a while. Uh, and, uh, you know, through that career in financial services, sales leadership um, in the financial industry for 10 years and then in manufacturing for uh, another 10 years. Uh, along the way there, I ran into kind of a glass ceiling and it's like, hey, I'd been hitting all these milestones and growing my career and doing all this amazing stuff. And uh, finally just stalled out like I, I applied yeah. for three different jobs and my organization and was turned down for all three uh, was given different reasons, but um, I said, this, something's not right. And I had heard of other people hiring coaches and I said, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can find myself one. I did. And uh, ultimately we figured out that, uh, that it, it, I was right. It was not them. It was me. I had gotten in my own way. Uh, I had, uh, there was a lot of things that I was doing without knowing that I was doing. Uh, right. It was presenting a different kind of energy for myself than uh, than you know what you might want to get on your team. And don't get me wrong, I wasn't coming in pounding my fist on the table and bullying people around or anything. But um, uh, I wasn't in this kind of attraction mindset of this energy that is building and healing and opportunistic. I was more in this place where it was stress and overridden with stress and trying to figure out. Um, you know, how to keep moving forward in all this, you know, crazy environment. And uh, she worked with me and we figured that piece out. And a year later, I had not only uh, figured how to figured out how to get out of my own way, but I was uh, tapped on the shoulder by the organization, said, hey, here's a 
big project we want you to do is a multi-million dollar budget and go hire a bunch of people and run a new run a new department for our company. So it was kind of a vote of confidence. I was like, this yeah. is awesome. And she says, uh, my coach says to me, she goes, so what do you want to do next? And I was like, I think I want to do for other people what you just did for me. And I had been doing, you know, mentorship and, you know, that kind of thing as, you know, people leader and a manager throughout my career, but had never done, never had any real formal training on how to coach someone, how to sit and actively listen, hear intuitively what's going on with them, and then offer guidance and use your experience to, to kind of help them with that. So I figured out how to get into a great coaching school, found one of the best in the country, went there, got certified, and they, as they say, the rest is history. That That's where, it, you know, it sounds like it gets real easy at that point. That's where it got hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I understand that part because I'm self-employed as well. So, I mean, it's it's either you're out working and trying to make a dollar or you're starving. So, um, absolutely, absolutely. Really no in between. No, there's not. In fact, I mean, I went on for the next few years kind of doing my coaching and consulting work on the side, like nights and weekends. And yeah. me as a you'll as you get to know me, you'll you'll know that like I'm a big family guy. I love being around my family. I love doing things with them, creating experiences. And mm -hmm. I think it's a really important part of how we kind of rejuvenate as people. Um, if you've got a family uh, and if you oh, don't yeah. friends and your social life around how do you connect with others. And, um, you know, working nights and weekends, I was looking for a way and just, you know, prayed about it and said, you know, God make a way. And uh, it's funny how that works sometimes, but um, for sure the job that I was working in, I had a great job and was working for a, uh, fitness manufacturing company and after the pandemic hit and everybody got all the exercise equipment they wanted they didn't want anymore so <laughs> they kind of cut the workforce uh drastically and i was part of that and i said you know maybe this is a sign uh i've got the skills i've got the background i've got some experience in my belt let me jump out of the nest and see what happens yeah that's the shortest version there's a longer version by the way oh, okay well yeah well We'll connect another time on the longer <laughs> version, right? <laughs> so, so with that being said, I know, you know, I know being an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of it starts here, right? I mean, in the mindset is a huge thing. Is there something that you see um, when you, when you're coaching people that maybe you're training their mindset or you're seeing people that already have a mindset, some kind of trait that you say that is a successful person? that you can share with us? Yeah. I, I mean, I think for people to, to use the, the term successful person, I think we all know what that means, but ultimately I think that there's a, there's some nuances within that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And I do think that there are some great personality traits out there and you can, anybody can go to like 16 personalities.com and do your Myers-Briggs. You can do, you know, a disc assessment or any of those kind of things. And yeah. they'll help you with what those are. Enneagrams and other good ones. Um, but usually when I'm working with business owners and entrepreneurs, it is all around this achiever mindset. There's typically there's three. There's the achiever, there is the arranger, and then there is the connector. And uh, those different mindsets that people have, uh, those are from strengths finders, by the way. But um those are always that person that's looking for that next Everest. They're looking for, hey, what I want to accomplish. And they're kind of hardwired to do that. Um, 
that is definitely part of what I see in the successful entrepreneur's life. Uh, often I will see a couple of different extremes. One is they've got that so bad that they will start any business and go headlong into like whatever it is. And, and ultimately they end up making it what others would say is successful, but themselves, they often feel empty and really worn out. Yeah. And the reason is, is because they don't have kind of this, um, this sort of methodical governance around that energy, right? That entrepreneurial energy. So in other words, they're like, oh, I see problems that I can solve and I can get paid to do that. And they'll go solve everything or try to, and then mm -hmm. they get drowned out. The other extreme of that is people that love what entrepreneurs and business owners have, but they don't necessarily have that intrinsic drive or motivation. So they go after kind of the outcome or the prize and not necessarily knowing what it's going to take to the energy it takes to kind of put into that and what it means to, you know, it's 730 on a Friday night and I'm 40 minutes late for dinner and there's somebody on the phone that wants to, you know, to hire me like, okay, you know, that's a different, that's a different vibe than, you know, uh, your boss says, Hey, I need you to work late again. You go, well, I can't because my kids got practice. All it's right. very different, right? But right. um, a lot of people don't really count the cost before they do that. So there's those two extremes that you get. You get people that, that don't know how to say no. Um, and then you got people that want the outcome but aren't necessarily uh, in it to do the work. They don't necessarily know how much is involved in that. Yeah. I mean, for me, I mean, I, I you know, I do coaching as well. And, and a lot of what I try to explain is, you know, and definitely on a startup side is, that a lot of people think, well, I'm going to go start my own business and I'm not going to work a lot and I'm not, you know, stress is going to be. And it's just a different world. It's a mindset thing of like being able to turn that off is mm -hmm. extremely hard. And, and I, I struggle with that, you know, like I really do. I'm like, I, I work, I work while I'm sleeping type thing, you know? So do you see a lot of that? I mean, is that part of what you're teaching as well as like trying to balance life and, and business? Absolutely. Um, that, you know, the elusive word or the elusive idea, uh, the word work-life balance, right? That creating, what does that look like? And there are some methodologies that believe that work-life balance is kind of a hoax. It's more like work-life integration. How do you get the two to work together? And what I teach in the programs that I offer is it's more along the lines of a balance. Um, but I teach that that changes. Uh, in fact, I was doing a class last night with my group and um, we, we essentially, we draw a circle. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, I want you to divide it. You can divide it however you want, but for the argument's sake, I want you to do it in three different categories. One is your personal, right? That's the you of everything. That's your, your spiritual, mental, emotional, the physical, you know, environmental side of you. This, this thing that's you all on the inside. Mm -hmm. and immediately around you and then there's the uh, family or you know maybe it's friends if you don't have a, a close uh, family in your under your roof uh, but um, that inner circle of socialness right that's those people that are around you all the time that you would count on like family and then there's this other uh, bucket of professional and that includes your career and how you make your mark on the world, how you earn your living, how you support your family, how you support yourself. 
And often I'll see with, especially with entrepreneurs, they will put all their eggs in the professional basket in the name of supporting their family while wearing themselves out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it, it's not uncommon at all. Like it, it, the most common thing it's, that is the most common thing that I see when it comes to work-life balance with entrepreneurs is, and the other thing is like, when you tell us as entrepreneurs, it's time for you to slow down. We're like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'll do that. Um, after I do these other 14 things. Um, but that you, you taken the concept of those three things and drawing, dividing that circle I told you about into a pie chart. Yeah. And I asked the group, I said, Hey, write down or draw that into proportions that you think it should be. And I did my rabbit ears for those that are listening and not watching. Um, and they all came up with vastly different numbers. And some had 30, 30, 40, some had you know, 50, 30, and 20, and some had just the opposite. One even had 33, 33, 33. And ultimately, that is a personal preference. But if I come in and tell you, you need to be spending a 30 year time on yourself and a 30 year time with your family and a 30 year time with your business, that may not make sense for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I ask them to go back and assess that and say, okay, how are you spending it? Actually, draw that line in. And what does that look like? And they were all not how they should be uh, doing it, um, which is very typical. The concept here is, is that, or the kind of the, the big aha moment was, is that number one, that's different for every person. And number two, it can be different in every season of life. Mm. And I kind of think of seasons of life, you know, I do it in 90 day time frames just because it's easy for me to do the math, quite honestly. But um when I set when I set goals with clients and folks that are going through my program, we set 90 day goals. And then I ask them to say, okay, when you look at what should be there and what's actually there, how does that map out to the goals that you've got? Because if you've got a really intense time period or season that you're going through with your business, in other words, if you're just starting out, right? Yeah. You're going to miss dinners. You're going to miss soccer practices. You're going to miss piano recitals. You're going to miss those things. And that's part of the sacrifice. But it's not a way of life. It's a season. It's a time frame. And we can all endure things for a short period of time. But if, it's a, if, we, if we think that that's just how it's going to be forever, we, we end up burning out. And that's the, the enemy is not necessarily more work or less work. The enemy is burning out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I get that. Um, so how do you, how do you pull people out of that? I mean, how do you, how do you train them that, you know, because I mean, life is a season, we all go through different seasons, right? Um, mm -hmm. So things in our lives is different seasons, but how do you, how do you train people that like, Hey, it's only a season, it's going to get better. Or do they get into that and they don't know anything different? Right. Are you training them out of that? Yeah. Usually, like, again, it goes back to those two mindsets or whatever. And what, what ends up happening is, is that if they start and they're the headlong person, their, their bucket of professional is just full. Mm -hmm. And they think that they can also do the family and they can also take care of themselves. And that's, that burnout just happens at that point. It's, just, it's um, very common. Uh, what's happening is there is a level of expectation that's created 
uh, of the amount of things that you can accomplish and do. And then there's this other area that's reality. Yeah. The gap that's in between creates this type of energy called catabolic energy or energy that is destructive in nature. It kind of tears you down. And catabolic energy is not bad when it's, when it's used for what it's designed for. We often hear of it referred to as fight or flight energy, right? Mm -hmm. If a big saber-toothed tiger or a grizzly bear is chasing me, um, I want lots of that. I want to be able to get away. But if it's not a life or death situation, it's about, I mean, I know as business owners, we often can think that way that, you know, business is life or death. But it's truly, unless you're doing brain surgery or, you know, you're operating on someone or, you know, handling a firearm in your line of work or whatever it is, yeah. it's probably not life or death. Um, it's probably we are building it up to that. And because we're doing that and the expectation and reality are different, we're creating lots of stress energy or fight or flight energy for ourselves. And that wears your cells out. It wears your brain out. It wears your body out. And it can just tear you to pieces. Okay, cool. Great. So to get people out of that, yeah. um, first, they have to release that energy. And I know that sounds a little bit woo-woo or whatever, but they have to let go of that. Mm -hmm. And for those on your show, like listening and watching the show, I want you to think about a pot, like a big spaghetti pot of boiling water, right? You've got it at a rolling boil and it's going and somebody comes over and puts a metal lid on top of it. Well, all that energy that I'm talking about, that catabolic energy, that stress, fight or flight energy is the water and the steam. And it's just boiling and getting more pressure and more pressure and pressure. And you can actually start to hear the lid on that pot rattle. Like, and it starts mm -hmm. to rattle. When someone comes over and lifts the lid off that pot, the boiling calms a little bit. It's still boiling, but it calms down a little bit. It's not going to overflow. Anymore. That's exactly what we need to do with someone who's experienced lots of that, lots of that catabolic energy or that stress, fight or flight energy, is you need to release that. And that's part of what I do to work with them as a coach is I, I step in and say, okay, I'm recognizing some things that are creating this type of energy in your life. And then we can, we can release that energy by acknowledging it, by validating how they feel about it. And then also by shifting their mindset or reframing the way that they look at something. And when we do that, I know it sounds super easy, but when we do that, um, sometimes it takes people you know, a split second, and they go, oh, I got it. And sometimes it takes time, practice, application, yeah. day after day. But that's essentially the process of how we do that. And then once we do, I get their back at, you know, running full speed and in, in, in a clear and focused direction, which is much better, much easier to take care of yourself when you do. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, how much spiritual is in your coaching? I mean, are you, are you dealing with, I mean, are you, integrating that into everyday work for people, you know, I mean, because for me, a mindset is a lot of spiritual, right? Mm -hmm. um, so is that something you're coaching into people as well? Well, so for, let me clarify spiritual. If, if you, depending on what your um, religious background might be, spiritual fault, it's kind of hard for people to wrap their minds around. <laughs> um, spiritual, or sorry, the religious background can be a part of your spiritual, but it doesn't have to be. Even if you weren't a religious person, uh, what also falls in that spiritual bucket is your passion, your values, 
your purpose, like why you were doing what you were doing, the thing that drives you, that inner, you know, motivation that you've got that says, this is, I'm here for this. Like I was built for this kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That is a very spiritual part of who you are. And now if you are, and just for the audience sake, um, not pushing on anybody or anything like that, but just my background, I'm a Christian. So that, that lines up and says, for me, part of that reason that I'm doing what I do, the reason that gets me up in the morning, that connectedness that I have is also tied to my religious background. So they kind of work together. Um, But there's a lot of that in my coaching because we are, my personal belief is, is that we are spiritual beings Mm -hmm. and without having connectedness to that true purpose, um, it can be, you know, start to lose your motivation, you lose your fire. And you go, why am I doing this? And then why bother? And then before you know it, if it's why bother, you're having victim energy. And then you get mad about that and you turn it to conflict energy and both of those are stress. Right. So, Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so with being a, being a coach, mm-hmm. I try to, I try to touch on careers on my, on my channel as well. So, what is it? What what is a um, like a something like? How would people get into coaching? Like, what would your suggestions be for for someone that's listening that wants to become a, a business coach? Okay. Um, first of all, uh, coaching is right now there are more uncertified coaches than there are certified coaches. Does mm-hmm. that mean you have to be certified in order to coach somebody? The answer is no. Uh, I would recommend it. Uh, it gets you in the door for places that are, you know, corporate companies and businesses like that. They look for certification from the ICF, pardon me. Um, so I would look for a great school that does that one that kind of fits what you're looking to do, but there's a, like a personal side of that, that you should, you know, kind of a litmus test that you need to, to look at. Do you like, working with people. And I don't just mean, you know, like in a retail standpoint where it's like, oh, it's nice to meet you. When you are a coach, you are, especially as an entrepreneur, you are, you know, chief bottle washer, you are CFO, (laughs) CFO, fractionals, you know, C, you know, chief revenue officer. Um, You are also a coach and you have to be able to balance all those things. And a love for helping people struggle through something typically that you've been through, but that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be true. Um, when you learn the techniques and uh, the skill set of coaching, from, and you know this, but as when you learn that from a, a methodical standpoint, I could coach you on business. I could coach you on, you know, work-life balance. I could coach you on little league. It's, it's really about helping finding people where they are, figuring out where they want to go, understanding what stands in their way and then helping them to overcome that, create the accountability. And all those things. So also having the skill set, having the desire, but at the same time, having some background in something sure. is a great way to apply that coaching that people want to buy. And by that, what I mean is if I'm going to go, if I tell you that I'm a business coach or I tell you I'm an executive coach, um, uh, I tell you that I'm a leadership coach, uh, all of those things bring up different connotations for people. 
as a leadership coach, what does that mean that's different than a work-life balance coach or a life coach or whatever it is? Uh, for me, what that means is I have operated uh, well and succeeded and failed and picked myself back up and know how to move through uh, the leadership ranks, corporate America. I know how to move through opening and running a business. Oh, by the way, very different energy in starting a business and running a business. Very different. <laughs> but um, those things you need to have, in my personal opinion, you need to have lived through the story that you're yeah. coaching people to get through and and not be in that story, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. I mean, I, I think it's with anything in life, if you can relate if someone can relate to you or you can relate to them like, Oh, I've done that or I've been through it. Then it definitely makes you feel a little better about the person that's in front of you that you're dealing with for sure. Um, so you mentioned, uh, you mentioned schooling. Do you have recommendations on schools that you would recommend? There are quite a few coach training schools out there. Um, there are some of the big names that are out there. I mean, you know, you've got Tony Robbins has got a good school. Um, you've got uh, Dave Ramsey's got a great school. Uh, mm-hmm. There are lots of good coaches out there. The school that I decided to go to is uh, IPEC. That's the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching. Mm-hmm. IPEC, uh, they have their proprietary uh, assessment that they use. And a lot of what they talk about, one of the reasons I was drawn to them was around that energy, that confidence, engagement, motivation. How do you bring that kind of um, that essence of who you are into situations and how do you coach somebody with that? Um, they offer a great school. Uh, the only thing that I would tell somebody and I don't if there are anybody listening that started their own coach school and you're, and you're running um, you know, promotions that are forty nine dollars for a weekend. Please don't take any offense. Uh, but <laughs> I would, I would do your homework when it comes to a good coaching school. Uh, ultimately what you want when you graduate from the coaching school, regardless of where it is, is that you want a certification that is not only a certification from that school, but mm-hmm. also a certification or a number of hours in that would qualify you for a certification with the international coaching federation. Okay. That's, that's great advice. So you, you mentioned something earlier and I want to go back to that. So the, the energy, uh, the, the energy difference of a startup and someone that's in the middle of it or, or someone that's like towards the end, hopefully trying to get out of it. Can you explain like the differences? Yeah. So especially with respect to um, <clears throat> when, so energy, let's talk about that for a second. Energy being the, the, the energy that you bring to a situation. We all know and have had that situation where somebody walks in the room and the energy changes. Oh yeah. Right. There's, that. <laughs> There's those people that walk in and everybody gets quiet and it, you know, it, like everybody looks down at their plate, like, Oh my gosh, you know, dad slap mom at the dinner table kind of energy in the room. Yeah. And then there's uh, the type of energy where somebody walks in and everybody just smiles and kind of gravitates towards them. So we know what we mean when we say energy like, Mm. Um, but those two mindsets that we get in, or those few mindsets that we get in around starting up a business, right? Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but it's a lot like, uh, when you were in puppy love, it's like, this is awesome and nothing hurts. And it's yep. okay you know, <laughs> that this person smells like soup or whatever. I don't really smell that. They're amazing. They're awesome. Um, you don't really see that because you're kind of in this 
fog of nothing's bad, this is all good, and you rationalize a lot. Yeah. Uh, when you're starting a business up, you're like, it's okay that I've got $4 in my checking account and this and that, because there's a possibility that somebody might drive by and pay me for something on accident. You know, you, you come up with all these uh, uh, crazy rationalizations in your head for the, the, the life you're living in. Um, that's one caveat to look out for when you're starting up a business uh, is to be, think about it differently. And I'm, I'm going to explain that in just a minute. You have to shift your mindset a little bit, but then there's the operating in the business. You have to, when you're in that place where you've started the business up, there's a point where you have to take the training wheels off and you have to stop mm -hmm. making excuses and, you know, rationalizing all those things that you were saying before, you know, hey, there's only $4 in my checking account and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And I don't mean get down on yourself, but you need a healthy dose of reality. And to do that, you can create some guideposts, guideposts like, uh, different key performance indicators where you might look at it and say, Hey, you know, by the first half of the year, I want to be, you know, bringing in this in revenue. And if I'm not, then I'm going to make this change or mm -hmm. like those kinds of ideas. When you're operating in a business, you need to think like a business owner, not like somebody who's, um, who's trying to prove that it can work. So uh, quick example, when I started my business full-time as a coach, uh, I was in this mindset and mode of, I'm going to try anything. I'm going to mm -hmm. try anything that anybody else has done before. I'm going to figure out what it is that I like, and then I'll keep the things I like. The reason that worked for me was because I said, I'm going to do that for six months. And then I'm going to make a call. And when I make that call, I'm going to trim that number down to three things that I do. That's it. I'm going to pick those three and I get really focused and I'm going to do those really, really well until I pick up another one. That kind of shift in mindset, you have to make that before you start. If you don't make it before you start, make it, you know, once you get going, if you, if you're a business owner out there and you've just started a business and I honestly, it doesn't matter to me if you, you know, are buying ATMs or you're selling something on Etsy or if you're running a podcast or whatever it might be, if you're mm -hmm. just starting something up, and you are looking to earn income from it, you need to have a plan in place that says, when X happens, I'm going to switch to this. Or if it doesn't happen, I'm going to do this instead. You need to have that plan in place. Um, when you shift over to the operating side and you're operating in a business, you need to be able to have guidelines that say, this is when it's going well. And then that third piece of the business, and also this is when it's not going well. But that third piece of the business that you're talking about where it's kind of ramping down and you may be handing this off to somebody else, uh, that's in that, that maturity stage or that legacy stage of the business. And I think about it um, in these four terms. There's kind of the get right stage. There's the live right stage. Uh, there's the lead right stage. And then there's the leave right stage. And in those four stages, getting right is that first business startup. You're trying to figure it out, right? You're right. trying to survive. And then there's the, okay, I'm not surviving anymore. I'm doing the thing. Then there's the, I'm doing the thing and I'm going to do it better than anybody else. And then there's the thing where it says, hey, I've done it better than anybody else. And now I'm going to leave it to these people. And you got to have a plan. You don't have a plan for all of it right away. If you do, that's awesome. But if you got a plan or are working on a plan for the current stage and the next stage, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. 
I think, you know, one, one thing that I see a lot and you probably do too, is that there's no really, there's no real training for becoming a business owner. Right. I mean, no, I, I went to school for it. It teaches you nothing. Right. I mean, you, you get into starting a business and run operating a business. It's, you're really, it's trial and error. I mean, that's why you hire coaches, right? Because it's like, I don't know what to do next. I'm, I'm stuck. Uh, so I know that's probably a lot of what you deal with is like taking that you're okay. You're past this startup phase. You need to get into your operating phase and see out of the forest you're in. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I deal with that a lot that people just don't understand that. And I'm not, I'm not bashing education by any mean, but like people go get a business degree and they come out. That doesn't mean they know how to run a business. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, I mean, unfortunately, and I'm not, I'm not bashing education either. I mean, that's, that's kind of part of what we do. It's on a micro level, right? We're, we're helping people learn. Yeah. Um, so education is a great thing, but it would be no different than, you know, me going to get an education in welding and then trying to turn around and be a ski instructor. They just mm -hmm. don't suit each other. They just don't support the skill set. And learning about business is kind of like, you know, reading a book and, you know, understanding what the mechanisms are in business, which is good. You need the foundation. Yeah. And, but the difference is, is when you run a business, it's like, you know, being best friends with the author of the book. Like, you know why they wrote it. You know what they're doing it for. You know, oh, there's the heartache in that. That's why they're saying don't do this and don't do that. Very different experience when you are actually experiencing than you are when you're learning about yeah. But yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's what, you know, a lot of what I do for business owners and, and as well, I mean, you know that, right. It's like, yeah, if I were going to go back and start a business, um, you know, roll the time back 30 years and say, okay, I'm going to go start a business. Um, I would probably not spend the money that I spent on my college education to run a business. I might mm -hmm. still go get a college education uh, mm -hmm. and go to business school. Don't get me wrong, but I would have gone back and hired a consultant or a coach in a particular business that I wanted to learn how to do. And I would have gotten really, really good at that business. And yeah. that would have saved me quite a few gray hairs. So. <laughs> well, you know, it's times have changed so much now. There's, you know, like technical stuff that really people are going towards, which makes sense. But there's so much material uh online that people can learn you know and I, it's not like they have to go sit in a classroom now it's like okay how do i you know change a tire on a car let me look on you know google and oh there it is you know, let me look at a youtube video so it's i mean that's good and bad because some of the stuff that's out there is not correct but uh, i mean there is a lot of material out there now that people can study um so here here's a question i always ask everyone that comes on uh, do you have any recommendations for uh, books that would help people? Um, yes. Uh, I know it is old and I know that people have probably heard this a million times and some people have even kind of made fun of it. That's okay. Um, first one on the top of my list is how to win friends and influence people. Perfect. Um, I think the, the more you are able to genuinely connect with people and build relationships with people, um, the better off they will be, the better off you will be, and together the better off you'll both be. Um, so that book absolutely teaches that. Uh, Crucial Conversations is an excellent book. 
it talks about that, uh, not in those same terms, but that fight or flight energy. It talks about creating safety in a conversation so that people can be open. And as a business owner, uh, everything you do is relationship. And understanding how conversations work, that would be uh, an absolute must for you. And then probably, I mean, I've got a list that goes on. But number three, that would go to the top of that list, T. Rob, would be uh, boundaries. Uh, and boundaries because as business owners, we typically don't like to pay attention to them. And What's <laughs> boundaries? I've never heard of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it'll let you know. Uh, it gives you some, some practical ways that you can implement some boundaries that create space for you to take care of yourself. As a business owner, you are the goose that lays the golden egg. So if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not taking care of your business. And in fact, that's like when someone hires me, either they join my group and they go through my program or they hire me for the VIP service to go one on one with me. Mm-hmm. Typically, um, the very first thing we do is we do a self-assessment on sleep, on nutrition, on fitness and then on mental uh, awareness or, or reflection is what I call it. And that's where, you know, how often are you praying? How often are you meditating? How often are you journaling? How often are you just going for a walk and thinking? Um, but those four things, how well are you doing those? And I can tell you about how long it's going to take somebody to actually start picking up and being successful by how willing they are to, uh, to adopt those. Yeah. It's, it's, it's funny. It's the little things, right? Like, you can measure the little things. I mean, you can do all these different assessments and all this other stuff, but it comes back to the little thing and it comes back to right here. You know, I mean, that's really what it comes back to having Absolutely. the right, having the right mindset, which is what we've been talking about. Um, what, you know, we talk, we talk, we're talking about entrepreneurs. You're an entrepreneur. What's, what's one of your favorite uh, productivity hacks that you might could share? Like, Oh, I use this and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's a lot of like uh, time management stuff that you can get into and you can start talking lots of different methodologies around that. There's one that I teach that is it's a whole course on hacks of how to do all of those things. Um, and that's great. That's awesome. The one hack that I think fits in line with our conversation about mindsets, though, uh, that's very different is um, when you we've all heard the story or the, the saying that says dress for the job that you want, not the one you've got. Right. Mm-hmm. I heard that for 45 years <laughs> and thought, Oh, okay. That means I need to go get a suit. If I want that job, you know, I need to do this. And I took it way too literal. It was like, a, you know, like a, like a 10 year old boy. I was just taking everything. <laughs> um, but ultimately what that means, and when you think about it like this, there's, there's, you back up a little bit. We often think as business owners, whether you're a salesperson, whether you are the salesperson for your business, um, uh, or you're in a partnership with somebody, mm-hmm. we think about success in this incremental way. Right? It's like, hey, last year we did X number. This year we're going to do X plus year after that, we'll do X plus and start doing this forecasting, right? Start thinking, hey, if I just add a little bit to what I did before, I'm getting better. 
Yeah. And, you know, James Clear talks about that in his book, Atomic Habits. When you're building habits, getting 1% better all the time, right? It's like, okay, that's awesome. It's not a bad strategy. It is a long strategy. It takes a while to get much better at what you're trying to do. The hack that I would give you is you can think of your success incrementally or you can think of your success exponentially. Mm. When you think exponentially, if I say to you, just make up a number. If I say to you, hey, I did half a million dollars in sales last year uh, and next year I want to add 10% to that. You go, okay, that's not too bad. You know, 550, 10% increase. That's pretty good year over year. Um, what would I need to do to get 10% increase? You see where my mind goes, right? Yeah. But if I think exponentially, I go, you know what? Last year I did half a million. This year I want to do 2 million. Now, some people might look at that and go, he's crazy. You're never going to do 2 million. <laughs> they're thinking incrementally. But if I switch the script a little bit and I say, okay, what would it take for me to think like a $2 million revenue business owner? Yeah. What would it take for me to actually, what would need to be absolutely true for me to have made $2 million if I look backwards at that? Oh, well, I would need to have had a team and I would need to have had this product and I would need to have two or three salespeople and I would need to have this and I would need to have that. And all of a sudden you start to get answers to the ingredients in that recipe to make mm -hmm. $2 million instead of the answers in the ingredients to make the recipe for 10% increase. So that hack, switch the way you're thinking. Think like the future you and look backwards and say, what would need to have been absolutely true for me to achieve that? And then go do that. Wow, that's great. That's a great hack. That's not even what I thought you would say. So uh, awesome, Ryan. Um, so just what's one question, you know, we're, we're getting to the kind of the end of the, podcast what's one question you you wish i would ask you that you were prepared to just like man i'm gonna anything let me think about that for a second let's see um i don't know if it's a question uh i'm sure we could turn it into one uh okay. but one of the things that i see I would like to leave it as a little bit of guidance to anyone who is starting a business or working their tail off to make one work. Mm -hmm. um, it is nobody else's dream for your business to work. It's probably not your wife's dream. It's probably not your husband's dream. It's probably not your kid's dream. It's probably not your parents' dream. It's probably in some cases, it may not even be your business partner's dream. <laughs> um, it is your dream. Take ownership of that. As long as you can own the fact that it is your dream and no one owes you anything to make your dream work, you will stop relying on other people to validate who you are and why you're doing it. And instead of you going around and saying, but I'm in business and my friends won't buy from me and this won't happen. Instead of doing that, you'll actually say, what do I need to do? What needs to be true for people to buy from me? and do business with them. Your energy will shift, and all of a sudden you will start to attract business to you because you're not pushing it away. And I, I see some, I mean, I, I spend some time in Clubhouse and you know, I'm doing I'm yeah. stages in there and speak, and I do some you know, in-person speaking at a lot of business functions. And a lot of what I see is people thinking that they have to fake it until they make it. And I'm gonna tell you that won't ever work. 
Um, but you can be it until you see it. And you got to change who you are. Remember that, that you are this new person. And once you, you start operating as that new person, all that other stuff just kind of goes away. And you can't do that until you take ownership of your own dream. Well, man, that's, you, you nailed it, man. You knocked it out of the park. So, um, so let's talk about, um, I'm sure you work with people pretty much anywhere. I mean, you're doing a lot of stuff online. Are you doing in person too? Are you doing both or what are you doing? Yeah. So, um, uh, a few different ways that people can work with me. Uh, one of those is I do in-person live workshops, uh, I do corporate workshops. I do small business workshops go in and support teams on leadership skills, performance, um, hiring, you know, how do you make sure people, you know, don't jump ship on you work life balance. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a, a host of different workshops that I work on. Another way is I run a professional leadership group called the leads Academy. Now leads is an acronym that stands for leadership, interject, energetics, alignment, and discipline. And, um, uh, it is a, 12 month training program that people go through and learn leadership skills. They're doing it with a group of people and it gets one-on-one -on -one coaching along with it. And then I have VIP uh, coaching where people can participate in the group if they want, but they're going to get a few more one-on-one -on -one sessions with me and we, we you know, do a VIP day and that kind of stuff. Um, but those are the different programs I work with and okay. the ones that are one-on-one -on -one, um, those are by invitation and referral only. And I typically do those in person um, the ones that are one-on-one -on -one and in my group, those are mostly virtual, quite honestly. And then the ones that I do workshops on, I love being connected with people in person. So it's something I missed during the pandemic. And when they were like, yes, you could do it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no better way than being in front of people. Right. I mean, like, yeah, and being able to, you know, touch each other, like, Hey, yeah. you're a real person. Uh, so anyway, Ryan, um, Thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate your time. Really appreciate your knowledge. I mean, you're obviously very, you know, successful and I can hear in your voice that you care. And that means a lot as a business coach, as a life coach. It's like, if you don't have a person in front of you that doesn't care, then you're probably not getting much out of it. So appreciate all that you do. Um, RyanDMcKinney.com. And we're going to throw that forward slash start on there right now. <laughs> yeah, the, the joys of being a business owner. And I, one of the things is uh, I'm transparent. When something doesn't work or breaks, I'll be the first one to be like, hey, something doesn't work and it broke. Um, so it was great because T-Rob's like, hey, uh, I looked at your website yesterday. It was good. It's awesome, but it's down today. So if you're going there right now, you're probably going, what's wrong with this? Um, some things updated in the back end of the website. So I got to get that uh, handled, uh, get the team on that. But um, I will tell you this, there will be a, I'm releasing something that will be free uh, and your listeners are welcome to take uh, and viewers are welcome to take advantage of that. Uh, I'm doing a 30 day recharge journal. And for those of you who don't journal a lot or don't write your thoughts down, it is one of the best ways to grow uh, personally. Uh, and it doesn't take long, which is one of the things I like about it. <laughs> business owner, you're busy. You don't have a lot of time. So don't don't worry. It'll take you five minutes or something like that to complete them. And every other day, I send out a new journal prompt that asks you questions about you, your business, and the way you're thinking. Help oh, that. And it's free. So I'm just doing that to kind of get to know people and all that kind of stuff. So it will also be on the link that's on T-Rob that he's got on here. 
uh, on the screen for you, the ryandmckinney.com forward slash start. You'll be able to find that there. And um, if the website's not working, just come back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I'm going to actually sign up for that. It's always nice to have somebody, you know, something coming at you that you actually I'm a coach that needs a coach. You, you, you're there too, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So Ryan, thank you, man. Again, really nice meeting you. Um, and, uh, definitely have you back on anytime. Uh, hey, I see the guitar in the background. Are you a guitar player? A little bit. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would play. I've been coaxed into playing in the public once or twice, but uh, I don't think I'll do that again. Yeah. I hear you there, man. <laughs> cool. Well, have a great evening, Ryan. Take care. All right. See you, Rob. See you later, buddy. All right. So ryandmckinney.com forward slash start. Uh, make sure you go over there. And he's giving away a free 30-day journaling uh, as well, which will be really beneficial if you've never done it before. You definitely want to take advantage of that. Um, that is it for me tonight. And hopefully you got something out of that. Um, guys, take care of yourself mindset. Remember, everything starts here. So start working on that. Start looking for stuff that's going to strengthen your mind because it's going to help you with business and in life. So have a great evening, everyone. Take care.